Well, it was a bad weekend in New York. The Ducks still haven't won a game on this road trip yet. It's time to start selling. Tank mode is on. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, thanking you for your continued support through 500 episodes. This is episode number 501. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend. There was two games in the greater New York area, a game against Devils, a game against the Islanders. Both losses. So it's looking pretty bad. And later on in the podcast, late in the podcast, we'll talk about tank mode and selling. I think the Ducks are now sellers. All right. They haven't won a game this road trip. They're slipping further and further back from the playoffs. In fact, they're getting dangerously close to being almost second worst in the division. That's how bad it's gotten in Ducksland. So is it, is it time to sell? I say yes, it, it is time to sell. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's talk about the games that were. And folks, it, it was not pretty. The only decent game the Ducks had... Well, no, they had two decent games. The game against the Isles was good. The game against the Devils, they did a lot of good things in both those games. But only got one point. That is all. Just one. Yippee skippy. All right, so here, here's what happened. The Ducks went into New Jersey looking for their first victory on the road trip. And Troy Terry, who's still very good at hockey, got things started with a nice snipe of a goal. This was kind of a come-find-the-puck goal. It just didn't happen for the New Jersey Devils netminder. Who, By the way, Nico Dawes did an excellent job on that game, all things told. He did stop almost every shot in this game, but Troy Terry is just so fantastic at finding the back of the net. His aggressive play has been a wonder to see this season. And for me to say that he was going to score 25 to 30 goals this season, he's pretty much going to surpass even my expectations because I had a feeling that he was going to break out this season, and he has. That was his 29th goal of the season. And early on, the Ducks had a one nothing lead, and I'm thinking, hey, the Ducks have a pretty decent chance right now. They could win this game running away. And the Ducks were looking to be more of the aggressors early on, which, again, points to something that I've been talking about all season. T- Troy Terry is playing much more aggressively this season. He's playing with more confidence this season. We're seeing it night in and night out. So that's something that I've absolutely loved to see. So that made it one nothing, And then the Devils kind of came alive after that goal and started just shooting and shooting and shooting on Anthony Stolarz, who saw a ton of shots, 15 in the first period, 11 in the second. The Ducks were outshot 26-17, to and most of that came after the Troy Terry goal. That's how bad it got, folks. It just looked ugly ugly but then there was a little bit of hope 
Anthony Stolarz made some acrobatic saves. Really, I think I think Stolarz had one of his better games of the season, to be honest. But it was just one of those things where one puck finally got through, and it was at the hands of Tomas Tatar, his 11th of the season. That was that was a bad defensive breakdown right there. That was bad. And then I looked at the first period. You know, the Ducks had a lot of shots early on in the game. They had three shots in like a minute and a half. It, it, it was looking good. And then the end of the first happened. And then it was the second. The second period was the one where I thought, man, the, the Ducks just look so much worse. Without Jamie Drysdale, because he was a healthy scratch, you had to rely more on Kevin Shattenkirk, who, for the most part, did a pretty good job on this game. And the Devils, they could not enter the zone worth their lives towards the end of that first period. But then, second period, you saw the Devils just turn it on. They turned it on. And that was part in thanks to an absolutely abysmal turnover. Just to break down that play. Vinny Letary, he had the puck trying to enter the offensive zone. And when he tried to pass it to Isaac Lundestrom, that created a bad turnover and an odd man rush for the New Jersey Devils. That's one that I think the Ducks absolutely wanted back because it was Jesper Boquist who took the puck away and passed it to Tatar for that kind of easy goal. That was the biggest mistake the Ducks made in that game and probably the most costly mistake. Just a horrible, horrible turnover. And that's a shame because there was a lot of creative play in that first period. There was some creative play overall. I thought Trevor Zegras, he tried to make some fancy plays. Zegras tried a Michigan over the weekend. You know, he was creative. But it was just a bad turnover. Third period, much of the same. Both teams buzzing. The Ducks really crashed the net and had some quality chances there. Zegras and Milano got some high-quality chances. That was by far the best combo of the night was Zegras and Milano. I thought those two played a terrific game. They did not scratch the score sheet, but, man, they just looked good. They looked really good on that game, but no goals were scored there. So then it went to a overtime session, and overtime... Oh boy, it wasn't that much better except for maybe Sonny Milano leveling Jack Hughes, right? Yeah, that was kind of fun. And then at the end of overtime, you had like this long delayed penalty. And the Ducks did dodge a couple of bullets there because there was a lot of time where the Ducks were shorthanded in overtime and yet they still didn't allow a goal. So once they got through that penalty kill, I thought, wow. That's going to be a lot of confidence going into the shootout, right? Uh, wrong. Not necessarily in this case because Trevor Zegras, who is typically reliable on the shootout, he just could not get it past Dawes. Neither could Troy Terry. Tatar and Brat both scored on the shootout, and that was lights out. Devils won 2-1, to one, and that's a shame because the Ducks played a really good game there. As far as the game against the New York Islanders, hey, look who's back. Jamie Drysdale's back. Maybe he'll get on the score sheet. Maybe the Ducks can actually get a victory. Oh, wait, no, there's still some injuries to deal with. We still have Buddy Robinson and Daniel Regan. Oh, okay. All right, so the Ducks have some injury issues. But that's fine. They could handle the New York Islanders. 
a team that doesn't have a good record, right? Uh, no, not quite. That first period was pretty much all New York Islanders. They outshot the Ducks. They outscored the Ducks. It was not pretty. That first period was probably one of the worst. No, yeah, it, I shouldn't say it was the worst. But that first period was not good for the Ducks. They were outshot 13-12. to 12. They were outplayed. They were outhustled. The Islanders got their hit game on in that first period and sent the message quickly. Before you knew it, it was 3-1 to one Islanders. Josh Manson did score a pretty nifty goal there. And we'll talk more about this particular game in a little bit. But I want to give, uh, not really a shout out, but kind of a, hey, I'm going to talk about you. Kyle Palmieri scored against his old team. I saw the smirk on his face. Kyle Palmieri was definitely happy to be scoring against his old team to put the Isles up 2-1 to one in the first period. He looked a little too happy, folks. You know when he looked really happy? He looked really happy in the second period because he did it again. Kyle Palmieri scored not one, but two goals against his old team, including the game winner. That one hurts. That one just really hurt. And now we have Ricard Raquel, who's out with an upper body injury. <sighs> just not a good weekend for the Ducks. And we'll talk more about the injuries and being shorthanded. And we'll talk more about just the weekend in general that was. After the first intermission, but first, a quick word from Athletic Greens. So, I've tried Athletic Greens for about a week now, and I wanted to improve my gut health. I wanted to have more energy. I wanted to have an optimized immune system, and I do not like taking pills or vitamins. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes pretty good. So I've been on it for a week. I love it. I especially love it because I am currently training officially for the New York City Marathon. The training started over the weekend. And honestly, I could feel my energy getting a little bit better with Athletic Greens. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food super sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And I, I think it tastes pretty good. I mean, it costs you less than 3 bucks a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, for those of you that pay 6 bucks for a cup of coffee. No. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it is recommended by professional athletes. It is trusted by leading health experts. And also, for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the marathon season like I am. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a bunch of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, coming up after the first intermission, we'll talk a little bit more about the weekend that was and talk about Tank Squad. It's officially on. Stay locked in.
back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And we've got a little bit of an update on this Monday podcast. So I'm going to peel back the curtain more than a little bit. So sometimes I do record the segment separately. Obviously, in this case, there was a planned second and a planned third segment. And I'll tell you what I was going to talk about on each segment. So segment two was going to talk all about how Anthony Stolarz should be starting more games. I'll get to that more later on in the week. And the third segment, and the reason I'm re-recording this, is because I was talking about the upcoming trade deadline and players that would need to be traded and what they could possibly get and what teams were looking at certain players. Well, that segment is now null and void because, folks, we have a trade. And this will be a late Monday drop episode. But there was a trade made in the National Hockey League today. And this has to do with our Mighty Ducks. Or I still call them Mighty Ducks sometimes. But the Anaheim Ducks made a pretty bold trade this afternoon. Where Josh Manson was traded from the Anaheim Ducks to the Colorado Avalanche. In exchange for a 2023 second round pick. And Drew Hellison. So first, let's talk about what the Ducks got. So we'll talk about what they got first. The 2023 second round pick from the Colorado Avalanche. This is not a bad move for the Ducks. And I think the reason they got the second round pick was because of the prospect that they got back. 2023 is going to be a deep draft. There's going to be a lot of excellent players coming out in 2023. And Colorado could be going for the whole thing right now. They might be worse next season. So maybe that second round pick, instead of being a 63rd or a 64th pick, maybe by next season, it'll be something like a 58th or 59th pick. So there's always that possibility that the second rounder could be better next season. And if I'm Pat Verbeek, I would see why you'd think that. I mean, Colorado does have a couple of looming contracts that are ending, including Manson. So there's that. Then there's Drew Hellison. Now, Drew Hellison is a very interesting prospect here. And one that Ducks fans should, frankly, be excited about. So all about Drew Hellison. He is a right-handed defenseman that comes from Boston College. He just finished his third season with Boston College, incidentally. And this, this is not a bad selection. Honestly, I'm glad that Verbeek selected someone that is kind of up and coming that played in World's Juniors, who, by the way, was teammates with Trevor Zegras. That is right. Drew Hellison was a teammate of Trevor Zegras in the World's Junior Championships a couple years ago. In fact, that was the team that won it all. Drew Hellison was part of that core group of guys. And that WJC that really played some good shutdown defense. They played terrific shutdown defense against, oh, um, some team, some country. You may have heard of them. Oh, Canada. Yeah, remember that. In fact, let's go back to the 2020 World Junior Championships, shall we? This was the culmination of a lot of good. Actually, I shouldn't say 2020 I should really say 2021 
is when the whole thing took place. I mean, yeah, it started in 2020, went into January of 2021. But that that was a great group they had in Team USA. And personally, I thought they were probably among one of the best teams you had out there. I mean, you had Trevor Zegras out there, obviously, who was just amazing. You had another Boston College person in the name of Spencer Knight. You had another BC guy by the name of Matt Boldy. And you had a third BC guy in Drew Hellison. And you had some a couple other great prospects out there. You had Sam Colangelo. You had Henry Thrun. So there are some guys that have definitely played together. And look at who else was in that defense. You had Jackson Lacombe. You had Jake Sanderson. You had Brock Faber. You had Cam York. There was some great, great talent on that roster. And you want to talk about shutting down a team. That gold medal game. They shut out Canada 2 to nothing. So when you talk about a guy that plays really good defense and can help their team, yeah, Drew Hellison can be that kind of player, but he's also a good offensive-minded player. Last year, or rather this year in Boston College, he scored 25 points in 32 games and looks to be a key piece for the Ducks. He is expected to sign an entry-level contract could be as soon as this week, could be next week. Also, also keep in mind, Boston College's season just ended two days ago. They were ousted by the Northeastern Huskies in their Hockey East tournament. So BC's hockey season is pretty much over. So I bet, I bet Sam Verbeek saw that and decided, well, we're going to go for this kid now because if we don't, then... Who knows what's going to happen? I don't think he's going to go back for his senior year. I think he will sign. He just had a terrific, terrific junior year at Boston College. He's ready. Now, whether he plays for the Ducks this season, I don't know if he's going to play for the Ducks this season. I mean, he was a pretty deep second-round pick back in 2019 for the Colorado Avs. So this, this is a pretty deep pick. I would expect him to sign the ELC and report to Anaheim, but I think he will wind up playing as a depth piece for the San Diego goals because that's what they typically do. And if I'm the goals, I'm very ecstatic about this because that just adds another depth piece in that defense. And by the way, now that a defenseman has been traded to Colorado, the Ducks are going to be short a defenseman. So you ready to hear this? I would expect someone by the name of Jacob Larson to play 20 games with the Ducks, and then you'd have to replace him. So you could replace Jacob Larson on the goals roster with Drew Hellison. So that's what I expect to happen for the rest of this season. He's only 20 years old. He is still a very young defenseman that has a pretty decent upside. He's very competitive. He's a very defensive-minded defenseman, despite the fact that he almost averaged a point a game in Boston College. Really good hockey IQ. He skates very well. Pretty good puck handler as well. But what his big asset is, is his defense. And he's definitely a shutdown defenseman. 
So if I'm Ducks fans, I'm pretty excited about this prospect. And I can't wait to see what he does with the goals and the Ducks in the coming years. So that is what the Ducks got. We'll see how that works out. All right, we're going to take a brief intermission. First, let's talk about betonline.net, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust, and it's where the game starts. And BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And folks, basketball is coming down to the wire. The NHL is coming down to the wire. And you know what starts this week? March Madness, baby. And I know my listeners in Orange County are very excited that the Cal State Fullerton Titans are in the big dance. That is right. They are in the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, they got to play Duke. I mean, I know who I want to win that game. And I know some of you looking at those odds going, why not take a punt on this? But, you know, it's the Duke Blue Devils. It's Coach K's final season. So if you are daring enough to place a bet on the Cal State Fullerton Titans, then head over to betonline.net using either your mobile device or your laptop. Once again, that is Bet Online, the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. And this show is also brought to you by Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. They come in 18 fantastic flavors covered in a chocolate fondue. And if you are like me training for a marathon coming up in less than eight months, you got to stay healthy. You got to stay fit. You need that extra pick-me-up to get you to the last few miles. What better than a delicious Built Bar and especially their protein-infused Built Puffs, which are super marshmallowy, and they come in a lot of terrific flavors, like my personal favorite, Churro Puff. You heard that right, Churro Puff. So if you want to try Built Bar for yourself, head over to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the world. All right, so I talked about what the Ducks got. What about what they gave up? Well, they gave up a Duck lifer. He's been there since the beginning. Oh, this one kind of stings a little bit, but at least the Ducks got a pretty decent return. Josh Manson. Josh Manson has now moved on from the Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks do retain 50% of his salary, which is how I think they were able to pluck away a good prospect like Drew Hellison, is they were able to retain half the salary. But the Ducks have so much cap space right now that it hardly even matters. So Josh Manson will be making $2.1 million from the Avs and 2.1 from the Ducks. That's who they give up. Look, Josh Manson is a terrific defenseman. He's an alternate captain. He has been part of the heart and soul of the Anaheim Ducks for the better part of a decade. And it 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 is sad to see him go. It is. I mean, he did all those great videos. He seemed to get along with everyone on that Ducks roster in eight seasons with the Ducks. He concludes his Ducks career for now at 453 games, 26 goals, 87 assists for 113 
points. Not bad. Not bad for a defenseman at all. And for someone that has been a little bit injury-ridden the past couple of seasons, I'm surprised that the Ducks got a pretty decent return for Josh Manson. He's only played in 45 of the 62 games this season. He has been battling some injuries. He seems to be coming back pretty well recently. In fact, his last couple of games, he barely came back two days ago against the Devils. He was finally back. And he looked good in both of those games. He looked fine against the Devils. And he looked good against the Islanders. In fact, I was going to make him one of my stars. And I still might make him one of my stars. That will be on tomorrow's podcast. And incidentally, tomorrow's podcast will be a double. It'll be a three stars episode. And I will also have John Chick on from Locked on New York Rangers as we preview tomorrow night's game at Madison Square Garden. So I still might make him a third or second or first star. Who knows? But he looked fine in his return. And I think Verbeek saw that and went, you know what? Everyone else is watching him. Let's sell high. Let's sell while the iron is hot. So that's who the Ducks lose. It, it kind of sucks, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, Josh Manson was a perfectly adequate defenseman that the Ducks are going to miss. They're going to miss that leadership in the locker room. And, you know, after eight seasons, I will just say we wish him well in his quest to raise Lord Stanley's Cup. And you know what? If Colorado wins it, I'll, I'll be rooting for the Colorado Avalanche. I'll root for Josh Manson to get a cup. So there you go. I will have more on this trade possibly later on in the week. For the record, I don't think the Ducks are done trading just yet. I think there's more in the works. We still have six days left in this trade deadline. There's still Ricard Raquel. There's still Hampus Lindholm. Those are two more players that could help out a team that could possibly win a Stanley Cup. Especially Hampus Lindholm. The Ducks could get back a lot for Hampus Lindholm. And for him, I would expect a first rounder. That's definitely what I expect. And for Ricard Raquel, who knows? Who knows what the Ducks could get in return? And hey, there's no reason why those guys can't come back. I mean, they are pending UFAs. The Ducks could always decide to re-sign them later in the summer. So we'll see how this all plays out. Again, six days left until the trade deadline. I don't think we're done yet. So let's see what happens. All right. Um, thanks for hanging with me. And thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Make Locked on NHL your second listen of the day. It's going to be a wild week, folks. So prepare to see some more Ducks possibly leaving in the coming days. And don't forget, the Ducks road trip does end tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. So that will be a Tuesday morning episode once again with John Chick. So be on the lookout for that. Meanwhile, thanks so much for listening. Uh, This podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among many others. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And speaking of the show's Twitter, I put out a poll this afternoon. 
and I'll just read the poll question or read the tweet verbatim. Do you like the return for the Ducks? Yes, good future return. No, could have been better. So far, most of you say good return, and those results will be finished tomorrow afternoon during the Ducks-Rangers game. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be kind to one another. Be safe out there. And Ducks, fly together.